This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Travis Brunn, Rob Hodemarko, and Eric Gartner, all physiotherapists and co-founders of SimpleSet. It's a digital health patient-centered rehabilitation application connecting healthcare professionals with their clients. The boys share their backstory transcending life as physios into digital health tech founders. Their reasons for why and what they built also come up, and we address the issues that they experienced as healthcare professionals in explaining why SimpleSet had to come into existence. Additionally, we break down SimpleSet's key features and how that helps physical therapy continue a therapeutic engagement beyond the traditional appointment model, its key benefits to both client and clinician, and how integrations with practice management software systems like CorePlus help save time whilst addressing security, privacy, and patient-centric engagement. We also vision gaze and explore what the potential is when using SimpleSet to deal with known pain points in healthcare. That includes things like recruiting, clinician experience, professional lifestyles, and much more. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, gents. How's everybody doing today? Hey, Yanni, we're doing great. Doing very well. Given that we've got a few of you on the podcast today, I think it would just open up by perhaps having each of you introduce yourselves just in terms of your name, your title with Simple Set, and then we'll get into some of the background and telling the story of Simple Set as well. So, Travis, if you kick off. Yeah, sure. My name's Travis. The title I like actually is co founder. I find we've had different titles over the years and we switch them around sort of depending on what we're doing at the time, but co founder, a little bit of everything. I'm the technical lead. So most of the nuts and bolts and the building of the software is what I work on. And what about yourself, Eric? My name is Eric Gardner with SimpleSet. Like Travis, I prefer the term co-founder. As with most startups, we do a lot, a little bit of everything. On paper, I'm the CEO, but really our group here is very collaborative. So that's paper only. I tend to be in charge of the sort of sales and marketing and some of the things like that to help things move along. Physiotherapist myself, primarily private practice is where I reside. Fantastic. And what about yourself, Robin? I'm Robert. I'm also a physio. And just as a side, Travis, Eric, and I all graduated from the same physio class here in Saskatchewan. So that's kind of how we met. I'm also one of the co-founders and like Travis and Eric have worn a number of hats, including being the main model in the early years of all of our pictures. And then, yeah, I've worked in clinical practice as well. And As we've grown, Travis and Eric have done a lot more of the day-to-day, but I've kind of kept my foot in the clinical door still with some outpatient orthopedic practice, but recently more inpatient and ICU coverage. Just introductions, there's uh, so many pathways I could take here in the conversation, but I might just touch on before we sort of get into the simple set side. So you're all physiotherapists, you all went to the same school together, you've got an incredible relationship and bond. It just comes through when you qualify, for example, your status as co-founders and what have you. Tell me about the backstory. What do these three physios do at one point to say, you know what, we need to start a health tech business? What happened? What's the backstory there? 
as you're saying that we've been practicing physio now for 10 years and we've been working on simple set for 10 years. And when I hear that out loud, it, <laughs> it floors me a little bit. <laughs> the time has gone by. Closer to 13. <laughs> How did we originally get into this? Well, my background, Yanni, I was a web designer and developer before I ever went into physiotherapy. I got fed up with technology, which prompted the decision to go back to school to do physiotherapy. I thought it might be more useful for people. And then as soon as you get into physio school and you're in that world, you start seeing all the ways that technology could make it better. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was one of our clinical placements early on, and I was just really surprised how antiquated the software was that was being used to put together exercise programs for people. It was terrible. You know, I just thought, oh, well, you know, we could do this better. Then once the ideas in my head, I was doomed. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis, did you start to share some of these thoughts with Eric and Robert or Eric, Robert, were you concurrently formulating the same kind of thinking that there was some issues in modernizing physiotherapy? What was it like from your point of view? Yeah, I definitely recall, Travis, we had a conversation maybe in the second year of our physio program and it said something very similar, surprised that people are still photocopying cards and the old stickman and that type of thing. And at that time, I had come across some relatively early days 3D software that had anatomical modeling. I remember you and I having this conversation. I was like, you know, that'd be pretty great if there was a way we could do something in that realm that really kind of helped clinical practice because it definitely was more modern. There was that early conversation, but generally speaking, in physio school, it's a pretty collaborative learning process. And I recall the three of us, we were definitely in uh, groups together. We got along well. We have complementary skill sets and unique, but again, complementary ways that we looked at physiotherapy and different experiences and backgrounds. It just kind of was a great meshing of a group in the early days. I agree. And I would add to that, I don't think we really started out with the concrete idea to make very simple set into what it is today. It's an idea that formed over a fairly long period of time. Even when we started development on it, it was small. And just over time, as it gained more traction, it turned into something bigger to what it is today. But it was a very slow and organic process. As is often the case. What about yourself, Robert? Travis kind of brought the idea to me over, I think it was coffee at one of the local coffee shops. And we talked about it and kind of created a team based on people that we thought would work together well from school. So that's kind of how that started. And like Travis says, it's kind of grown over time. And wearing different hats, we've kind of learned a little bit more of like the software lingo. So it started, even though we didn't know we were doing like something agile speaking, where but it started as a simple project. We kind of got something out the door and we've just been kind of iterating since then. I remember that conversation in the coffee shop, Rob, and I think my words were, we can do this, but it'll be a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) No truer words have been spoken. (laughs) I think a lot of co-founders underestimate the amount of time, money and effort that goes into producing a piece of software. So it's kind of interesting because you've crossed over. So as physiotherapists, you're critical of the industry and you're saying, look, things should be better. And to your credit, you've taken it upon yourself to propose a solution to some of the problems that you were seeing there. So it's kind of a multi-layered question. Are physios just generally critical of everything in their business life? (laughs) Tell me about that. Is it a physio thing or is it just you're so skilled clinically and you're just not getting the right tools in your hands at the time? What's going on there? Physio is a really hard job. To do it well is a really hard job. 
because you're dealing with people who are almost always not at their best. You're working with them closely to get them better. There's a lot of emotional engagement that goes into that. And so it can be a very tiring job. So yeah, I, <laughs> if physios seem cranky sometimes, I can understand why that would be. <laughs> I've been there myself. We really just saw one way that the job could be made a little bit easier for people and wanted to focus on that. I think that part of that also comes from physiotherapy isn't like a instant gratification profession. You have to think of like, I guess, going back to your physio brain, you're thinking of like, what's the functional goals? And then what are the little steps that you can take to get to that spot? And then what makes each little step happen properly? And so you end up with like kind of a critical eye. And maybe that's where you're getting the is everybody <laughs> critical all the time? Because you kind of get this critical vibe and then you're trying to break down a problem for somebody into steps that you can do when someone might not be able to do that prior to when they see you. So when you look at transferring that to software, you think of, well, in my day, I have to see these people and help them and give them something that they can do on their own. How do we make that step something that's easier for us to do and something that we can communicate what we want to our patients better. So I think that's kind of part of the physio brain is trying to think of what's the end outcome that we want and how do we break that into attainable, actionable steps that we can achieve each day. If I could add to what Rob and Trav were saying, we care a lot, especially when it comes to the patient that's in front of you. I think the other guys would agree that therapeutic relationship and alliance that you create is really important to the physio. And so in that way, we're kind of protective of that. And we can see all these different maybe tools or strategies. We're going to be very discerning about what we apply to that situation because we really care about the success of that patient. And so it might come off as being critical, but it really is from a place of, of caring about the success of that patient. It makes a lot of sense. And I guess that's probably a good segue into kind of addressing what is simple set and why did you build it in the context of perhaps those first problem statements that you became aware of, whether personally in your own practice areas or through your own research of the market and awareness? And I guess it goes back to why did we build it? Well, if you take a step back and you say, what are the reasons that people don't do well in physiotherapy? What are the barriers that keep them from getting better? I mean, there's lots. And one of the big ones is that people just don't know what to do after they leave their physiotherapy session. They may have been told what to do while they were in their therapy session, but they forget. We call that information transfer. And we really wanted to see if we could make that process better. Each person in front of you might have a different way of transferring information or like internalizing what you're trying to teach them. So someone might have different cues that work better for them. You end up with, we need to find a way to individualize this so that each patient has an individual experience, as opposed to, at the time anyways, it was a lot of cookie cutter, here's your program, three sets of 10. We wanted to make it easy for the therapist to make their program as individual to the patient as possible. That personalization, that is something that the industry broadly, not just in physiotherapy. And I might just use the word physical therapy because you're not just specialized in physiotherapy. You've got clients right across rehabilitation, exercise, sports science, and exercise physiology, and so on and so forth. But you've used a couple of terms here where you talk about the therapeutic alliance, for example, and you talk about personalization. 
And the literature across healthcare, as far as I can tell, seems to support the idea that there are benefits to both personalization and addressing that kind of transference that you talk about or the retention of the knowledge that's being transferred from the healthcare professional to the patient or client, as the case may be. Where does that sit in the simple set idea in terms of the business model? I guess if the goal is to make it so that your patient is more successful in their exercise program, and you're going to use software to do that, and that software is going to allow for personalization of the material that you're going to be giving to them, you have to make really sure that the software itself is very easy to use. Otherwise, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot before you get out of the door. So one of the focuses for us has really been pushing the technology with the goal of improving the user experience and just looking at the clinical workflow and iterating over based on feedback that we get from our customers to make the software as flexible and as simple to use as it possibly can be. That's of course, that's much easier said than done, but that's what we strive for. I think in physiotherapy, actually, it can be especially challenging it's a very broad term for a lot of different stuff. There's many different sub-disciplines that go into physiotherapy. Depending on the setting that you practice in, there's all different ways that you might prescribe exercise. So trying to kind of create a single solution that works well across the board is extremely challenging. And that really has been one of the main problems that we've been focused on to solve. And perhaps if I could sort of rephrase that question is, what are the key issues that SimpleSet was initially designed to overcome for physical therapists. And probably an extension of that would be, why is the personalization so important to the way that you've architected the application? As Travis mentioned, that sort of knowledge transfer does a few things. Definitely puts the patient on the path to success and reinforces the things you were talking about. I think a little deeper than that, it helps the patient be seen for who they are. You know, to Travis' point, it's easier said than done to have the technology match the clinical workflow in a way that's really simple and easy to use. And at the same time, have the hurdles that the client might encounter accessing that technology or the hurdles that they encounter in their exercise progression and engagement in that, minimizing those hurdles. Matching those two sides of the coin is really what Simple Set's all about, making sure it's easy across the board. When I think back 10 years ago, in commercially, the idea of exercise prescriptions was emerging in the startup space of which you represent. And behind the scenes, academically, there was pretty well established science around PROMs and PREMs and how they might actually play a role and how that might translate into digital health, whether it was clinical engagement or other types of digital health therapeutics and the like. And it's kind of somewhat understated in your model, the PROM part of it. Could you talk a little bit about the before and after? So if we go back sort of 10 years, the prevailing clinical model was in person. So I'm a bricks and mortar clinic, come over to me. The patient experience was basically to move out of their life or whatever their normal habitual space was and come into the habitual space of the healthcare professional. When you introduce an idea like SimpleSet, you're now bridging the gap between the appointments and you're creating a nexus or a relationship between the clinic, the clinician and the client that extends beyond the appointment setting. And that really goes to the heart of digital health thinking. In fact, I would argue it's digital first healthcare service design as compared to the way healthcare has been delivered historically. Was that infused into some of your thinking, whether it was in the beginning or started to emerge one, two, three years into your journey through the 
early stages. How does that come through in your model? And what are the benefits for physical therapists out there to kind of look at the way, empathize with a healthcare professional now who is not using Simple Set? What's their service experience like as compared to what it could be like? And what are the benefits between the before and after? Before you see your patient in clinic, you treat them, you send them on your way and you hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) And when they come back again, you sit down and you say, hey, such and such, how are you doing? How's it going? How's your exercises doing? And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. But you really don't know up until you see them. And technology and simple set allow us to start to fill in those blank spots a little bit. If your patient is struggling with their exercise program at home, maybe you communicate with them and pull them back into the clinic a little bit sooner. Before you walk in the room to see your patient, you have a glance at Simple Set and you say, oh, okay, this looks like they're doing okay. So you know what's waiting for you when you go in there. We aren't dramatically changing the traditional delivery mechanism for physiotherapy. Physiotherapy still, I think, is best when it's delivered in person, face-to-face. But we try to provide information so that therapists are better equipped to treat their patients when they do see them. What I'm alluding to there is that let's call it the way physio was being done versus the way it could be done. And when I use the term digital first, I'm very precise about that. So as not to say digital only or in the absence of in-person, that's not what I'm intimating. It's about, though, understanding that patient centricity in the model is that the way physio has been done traditionally, it doesn't work for everyone. I mean, you made a statement, you have an appointment with somebody and you hope for the best. And if they come back, you pick up from that point onwards, which means that there's a lot of blind spots. And there's also the patient has some friction in engaging with healthcare that means that they're not adhering to the appointment schedule and they're not coming in. And I can tell you across our community of allied health professionals, so this is more a global statistic, but retention in appointments is around about three. So that suggests that there are a lot of people who don't come back for the fourth or fifth appointment and so on and so forth. So there are reasons there, and that could have nothing to do with the service experience or the quality of the healthcare professional or the branding and design of the healthcare clinic. It has more to do with those characteristics embedded in the idea of personalization that the traditional healthcare model hasn't been able to deliver in a sufficient way to cater for more people's independent choices and lifestyle and schedules and just their routines as well. So when you bridge the gap or you address that relationship in between the appointments, you're doing something I think quite special, which is retaining the relationship with the client asynchronously, which means that you're not forgotten. That means that it's starting to become top of mind that therapy is part of your life now. It's true. You don't have to always come into the clinic in order to gain access to this. And that's what I'm trying to unpack here with SimpleSet because that's how I relate to what you're doing. I relate to you kind of overlaying the real world delivery model of healthcare with this digital way of engaging with clients. It's understated. And I think there's a lot of problems embedded in that could be addressed, at least in my mind. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on whether retention is improved, whether the clinical engagement and the therapeutic outcomes improved because you do have adherence, you have improvements in adherence when you compare and contrast that with not having simple setting place. Are they kind of statistics that you're seeing more and more of sort of nine, 10 years down the road? We don't have necessarily a good mechanism to gather the statistics, but what you're saying there, Yanni, is absolutely right. 
there is a shift, and especially in the last several years, that people expect to be able to access some of that physio care. Asynchronously is a great word, and have that insight when they're not part of the clinic. And so as we develop Simple Set and iterate, we're definitely heading in that direction to make sure that people are having that need met. And one of the things that is sort of core to that for us is making sure that the hurdles are very low for that. I think it's fairly common that the expectation that a patient can record their sets and reps and things like that. From our perspective, we definitely are cognizant of adding that type of homework or workload to the patient experience when they're away. But at the same time, we want to make sure that there's some information being fed back to the clinician so that they have an idea of how that patient is doing at home. And in simple said, it actually, if they're feeding back that they're not doing well, it actually surfaces them in the client list. Very clearly, quickly, the clinician can see the patient's name is red. It shows an emoji that reflects their state of being uh, so that the clinician can then reach out and say, you know what, maybe we need to touch base again to get you on the right track. So yeah, it really kind of expands the caseload to beyond just what the clinician is seeing that day. But how are your clients doing out in the real world? And as we know, the, some clients are going to do really well and they're going to be off to the races. But for those that maybe need a little bit more attention and care and a strengthening of that therapeutic relationship, Simple Sex can surface that information pretty easily without much effort on the client part or the clinician part. Are you seeing a modification in the clinical workflow of your subscribers because of this asynchronous continuity that is now interposed between the clinician and the client. Is it modifying at all? People sort of seeing ways to reimagine that clinical engagement model that provides a better fit for the client and potentially even a better work-life balance for the physio? We're early days of gathering information. This iteration of simple sets relatively new. You're right that that's going to be the trend that we see. We get a lot of positive feedback from our customers about that type of asynchronous communication, so to speak. So it'll be interesting as we look ahead over the next several months and gauge the before and after of having that part of Simple Set to see kind of what that expectation is. Clinicians at the end of the day have lives outside of the clinic. And so adding something like this to the clinical workflow in a way that doesn't make their job more voluminous, but rather adds a little more precision to it. So it makes their clinical life a little more, again, precise so that they do have that work-life balance and still can get a lot of information and quality care to the patient. You hit it right on the nose there. I don't know how much this feature really is changing people's approach to treatment at this point, but I think having that information gives people a little boost of confidence that they know they're on the right track or maybe they need to do something a little bit differently. It supports them in their existing models. So is that sort of akin to just staying top of mind and not being forgotten in the noise and chaos of life? Because there's so much in our schedules these days. There's so much media, there's so much data coming at people left, right and center. So it's easy to forget stuff and it's easy to revert back to a baseline set of habits or routines. So establishing, I guess, the bringing simple set into the clinical engagement with the patient creates an ability to have the nudge, to have the pop-up, to have the impression of the brand frequent the lifestyle of that person beyond the appointment setting. Is that sort of the key benefit right now, would you say? I would say it's in there. And I think you touched on it. Lives are very busy. As clinicians, we see this ourselves with our patients. We can get very excited about a great program and the patient's going to be doing so well. 
And as we hear the patient's story and hear about their lives, and as excited as we are, they're going to run into some of those hiccups in daily life that maybe slows the progression a little bit. So from our perspective, we want to see how can we make behavior change a bit easier? And one of the factors is like you mentioned, Yanni, is staying top of mind or just reminding people of the why. Why are you actually doing this? And I think that helping people understand that why is rooted in that therapeutic relationship where they trust you. They trust the information that you're giving them, the frequency that you're giving it to them. Sometimes when you do have to nudge the patient, if you've got that strong therapeutic relationship, they'll respond to that in a more positive way. So yeah, I think technology definitely leverages your ability to do that. I noticed some of the reviews that your clients are leaving, they talk about saving time with Simple Set. They talk about staying up to date with industry trends and being user-friendly. I also noticed that your key branding messages are built around treating better, following up smarter and charting faster. Why did you choose those three ways of communicating, I guess, what Simple Set will solve for the problems that your target market are experiencing or resonate with them? Broadly, it encompasses the three major areas that we feel Simple Set addresses uh, treating better. We're giving the clinician tools that they can use to make it easier to prescribe exercises that work well for their patients. Follow up smarter. We are giving them just enough information of what is going on in between the appointments with their patients to inform what they're going to do in the next appointment and charting faster. We have a couple of different tools for that. Physiotherapists typically don't enjoy charting that much. It's one of those parts of the job that leave till the end of the day and then <laughs> squish in where you can. And with Simple Set, it's important to us that they're not having to re-enter an exercise program into an EMR. In the case of Core Plus, which now that we have this integration with you, Yanni, is really cool, right? You just make your exercise program and it automatically is just sucked on over into your chart notes in Core Plus. It's almost magical how it works. Even if people aren't integrating with Core Plus, you can just copy your program directly in Simple Set and paste it over into your chart notes in two clicks. So it really speeds up part of the process of charting for people and physios are busy. So every minute counts really. I can definitely echo that sentiment. We hear a lot about how important time saving is and efficiency in getting things done. Ultimately, I think all healthcare businesses want to be as effective as possible and there's too much time getting things done. It's a stressor. So all of that is really great. You've come out of Canada and you're establishing yourself globally now as a product. All the ideas that you're seeing generally, are you seeing that as universally applicable? Is physio in Canada the same as physio in the UK, the same as physio in Australia, for example? What are you observing? We would agree with that. Physio is a universal language, that's for sure. Years ago, I had the opportunity, my wife and I, we actually went up to Zambia and worked in a hospital there for a few months. My wife happens to be a family doctor. So I went along with and, and worked as a physiotherapist. And even in Zambia, where the healthcare system is quite a bit different, physiotherapy is still physiotherapy there. So language barrier and all, there's not necessarily the internet connection and the, the technology involved, but the way that you approach patient care is the same in Zambia as it is in Canada, as it is in the US, as it is in Australia, across the world. So a lot of the things that we end up putting in Simple Set definitely do translate globally pretty easily. Yeah, it's one of the things that really actually makes it easy to connect with our customers. 
because when people are looking at our software and they find out that we are physiotherapists too, it really completely changes the conversation that we're having with them at that point. Everybody just relaxes and says, oh, you're a physio. Hey, I'm a physio. That's great, right? And suddenly you have this connection with people that you didn't have before. And so I think, yeah, it's great. I've got a couple of curiosity questions. I noticed in your pricing differentiation between your base plan and your clinic plan, You've got a couple of things that really intrigued me. One was pretty self-explanatory. You talk a lot about the power of custom branding, for example. But there's another two words that you use associated with sharing. One was exercise sharing and the other one was patient sharing. And I'm interested in what are those differentiators? Can you tell me more about what the idea of exercise sharing and patient sharing means for SimpleSet, either today or in terms of your vision? Well, I can certainly speak to what it means today. If you are a physiotherapist working in a larger organization and everybody has a simple set account, you need some way to share that information with your colleagues. So we have different ways of doing that. We can set up what we call team folders where you as a therapist can create exercise programs that go into that folder. And then everybody in your organization then also has access to that if they want to. Similarly, patient sharing all of the patients within an organization are accessible by therapists at that organization. So in some clinics, you may do some triage where they start with a certain therapist and then they move on to a different therapist as part of that treatment cycle. It's easy because therapist one can assign them an exercise program in their set account. Therapist two comes along, opens up that patient, sees, oh, okay, such and such gave them this exercise program. Well, you're probably ready for something a little bit more challenging now. Let's make it a little bit harder for you. Let's increase the weight here. Let's add another exercise in and send. And so that exercise program becomes really a history of every touch point that patient has had with therapists throughout the organization. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, it really makes continuity of care pretty seamless. Basically, every piece of content in SimpleSet can be shared across your whole staff so everyone is on the same page. Again, there's not really much effort involved for the clinician. As we know, they're very busy. It just happens automatically. So it's just there for you. The other thing about that is, especially on the exercise front, sharing exercises, we've all done it. We've gone to a course on the weekend or over a course of several months. We get very excited about that course. You learn a lot of things, especially around exercise prescription. And what we do with SimpleSet, it's really easy that if you're the staff person who's gone to this course, you can easily create that exercise regime that you've learned about and know very well and put that into your database and the rest of your clinic has access to those exercises now. So as you're sharing with what you've learned, people can prescribe that content really quickly because it's just there. Everyone doesn't have to recreate that again. So it really makes that collaboration in the clinic uh, pretty seamless. And just to jump in with this, one of our other concepts that we keep as like a guiding light would be that we want the right people to have the right information at the right time, whether it's the clinician getting the right information for their exercise program or the patient having the right information about what's been prescribed to them as well. So it's just the model of trying to get everybody the right information at the right time that makes sense in their clinical workflow. The reason I phrased the question in terms of now and potentially the vision I was curious whether it's in your vision board, the idea that you might have some progressive customers who are designing programs that are achieving on average better outcomes for a given presenting issue and that they might be able to share that with your community backed by evidence, backed by the receipts, so to speak, in terms of the data that's been generated to support that. Has that been something that you've considered? 
I think that's a really cool idea. It's something I think we've talked about, not particularly seriously, to be perfectly honest. It's one of those ideas that's out there as something that might be interesting to engage in at some point. You have to be very careful, I think, with something like that, because it would be very easy for a large amount of information to just turn into a dog's breakfast of exercise programs. And I think there's certainly potential for something there, but we'd have to think very carefully about how we would implement something like that. For our current roadmap, we definitely have talked about some of that simple set provided information. We have stock exercises, but in that vein, you're talking about Yanni, stock protocols or programs that maybe have some sort of evidence backing that can be provided. So down the roadmap, engaging in some partnerships with groups, or if there are different partners that we are already collaborating with, adding that in as part of our stock offerings would definitely be something that's intriguing to us and I think beneficial to our clinicians for sure. I think there's a trajectory there in most health tech visions to be able to unlock the power of that network of users where there's a metadata, for example, that is able to guide the community because it's proven to be more effective to do it one way versus the other, so to speak. And that would have some corollary benefits to the health industry at large and governments and what have you. On the patient side with sharing is Is that something that's sort of intra-practice or intra-clinic or do you have a vision towards being able to refer or have your community collaborate around the interests of a patient? Historically, we're really sensitive about that patient information. So currently, it definitely is intra-clinic, intra-department, intra-organization for sure. We're a cautious bunch and I think we'd be very cautious about exposing that idea of patients moving through our system to other potential clinicians that way, but an interesting idea. I like to think outside the box because I'm not a health professional, but I'm a consumer of healthcare. And part of my origin story with Core Plus is basically the type of experience I had working across different points of care and doing a lot of heavy lifting in order to be able to get the most out of the healthcare professionals that I was dealing with collectively. I'm always sort of looking at it through the patient lens or the client lens, which is not a bad thing, but it's a different way of thinking. Perhaps one last question before I let you all get off to bed this evening. What's the world going to look like in five plus years with your manifestation of the simple set vision? Lately, we have been dabbling in starting to collect patient data in various forms. And I think there is a lot more work that can be done there. We were actually just talking about this earlier today. I mean, it's sort of an interesting time because there's all kinds of technologies available now for collecting data. We have all kinds of devices that we carry around with us all day long. People are more plugged in than ever. There are a huge number of just general purpose libraries out there that are available that completely abstract away the difficulties of pulling data from these devices. So it really is not that hard to collect data anymore. So the question kind of becomes, well, what are we collecting data for? What are we going to do with it? And I think that's a much more challenging question to answer in the context of physiotherapy and even healthcare more generally. I mean, as a physiotherapist, if you have a program that's collecting a whole bunch of data on your patients, say all the sets and reps that they've done over the last week that they've been working on their program, and then it pulls up that information for you, it doesn't really have a lot of meaning, I think. It's really just overwhelming information for the sake of information. So the trick is going to be, well, how do we pull what is valuable out of that information to really better understand how your patient is doing and to further flesh out that picture? And I think that's where the direction lies, somewhere in there. I think it's a really interesting idea to get a little bit more of that passive collection of information is a good idea, but to try and 
like Travis says, find a way to synthesize that information a bit more so that it's easily digestible in the moment for the therapist during their clinical day so that it's easier for them to get down to what will be the things that help your patient in that moment. And right now, a lot of it is just kind of what you're experiencing in the clinic. At least that's kind of a lot of what our users are doing. But you're right, it's kind of going towards how can we synthesize that data to give an accurate, precise picture of what's happening with them. So I think that's the way we're exploring. To round that out, we're looking ahead five, 10 years. We do our best to look back five, 10 years and see where we come from and how have things changed. At the same time, how have things stayed the same? And I think core to us, we see over the years, the thing we've talked about a few times tonight is that that therapeutic relationship and how the, the strength of that matters a lot to both the client experience and clinician job satisfaction. So when we are collecting data and looking to apply that, it's really how does that data benefit that therapeutic relationship, decision-making of the clinician and even the client themselves, the choices they make. How can we provide information to make those choices a little bit clearer and a little bit easier? I think that's the fine line we're going to try and walk, and I think we'll be able to to answer that in some respect. It's really quite fascinating, the potential of digital health thinking, because there are some industry problems that have been perhaps amplified or exaggerated with the lockdown behaviours of governments around the world over the last couple of years, shortages in the workforce, limitations with the workforce actually being able to show up to the clinic perhaps percentage of the workforce reevaluating whether they want to remain healthcare professionals working under the same conditions and expectations as was the case pre-2020, for example. So this is probably more of a bigger discussion point sort of around how humanity evolves and if humans or a percentage of humans are migrating away from big cities and looking at sort of regional alternatives, different lifestyle choices and embracing the ability to be plugged in to the internet, but not necessarily needing to be living in the city anymore, then healthcare needs to respond. And part of the answer might be to have healthcare professionals relocating to those regions as well. But I don't think that's going to be the most efficient way to address that problem, or at least not in a sort of a one-to-one keeping up with the market dynamics type of thing. So I kind of see the digital health ideas as part of a solution set to a lot of these big issues that get talked about politically a lot, but being able to have asynchronous relationships is one of the key benefits of using these tools, not to take away from the in-person healthcare requirement, because I think, Travis, you made the point earlier, and I 100% agree with you, that's absolutely critical, but it may not be needed for 100% of the appointments. There may be a way to reimagine the model of physical therapy where there's a smaller percentage of in-person contact and another proportion of asynchronous or remote contact with the service recipients that mean that those population choices and movements and relocations and all the rest of it could actually unlock supply, bring people back into the workforce, be able to provide a better experience for clients, be able to provide a better working relationship for healthcare professionals as well. Is this kind of an idealistic, naive thinking, or is it something that's within punching range? What are your thoughts as physiotherapists? You speak a lot of truth there. And like coming from Saskatchewan in Canada, it's a pretty rural area. And we've experienced that even locally here, where a lot of people who aren't in the big cities have really reduced access to care. 
And I think that the digital solutions and things like being able to provide care remotely are needed to help address people who things like coming in to, to see in-person people is just a big barrier. And you're right, the technologies providing the scale and the technology is getting better so that it's getting easier to provide actual quality treatment that way. Although I think it still has some ways to go, but that's definitely just part of the natural evolution of what's you're right kind of happening demographically. That's great, Jens. Thank you for all your time this evening. I know it's quite late in the evening for you in Canada, but I really appreciate you coming along and talking about SimpleSet, talking about your journey from physios into health tech entrepreneurs. Good track record, 10 years. That's a real credit to you for having been able to build the business through that period of time and now expand globally. Certainly from a core plus standpoint, we're delighted with the integration. It's seamless, it's secure, it's private, and we're looking forward to hearing more and more positive feedback from the user community as well. And I look forward to touching base with you in the future as well as uh, new features and new ideas sort of come out of the simple set stable. So thanks very much, Travis, Eric, and Robert. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.